You've found the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Delight your soul, feed your spirit, and sharpen your mind with anointed teaching and discussion on subjects such as faith healing, miracles, end-time prophecy, holiness, and everything that apostolics love. And now here's your host, pastor, author, blogger, and teacher, Charles Rodas. Welcome to Everything Apostolic. I want to make sure that you knew about my book called The Urgent Need of the Hour. The subtitle is Revival Praying. Hi, this is Charles Rodas. If your prayer life needs reviving or you want to learn how to pray intercessory prayer and break through with great answers to prayer, I do encourage you to get this book. Now, I do want to read you a few testimonies. Now, a lady by the name of T. Bright writes, after reading this, I have a better understanding and drive to pray. And Christy W. writes, the chapter Through the Veil will make you put this book down and pray immediately. Great points of help all throughout this book. Brandon C. says, this is an absolutely incredible resource that will light a fire under you. One more, Shelley says, other than the Bible, of course, this is one of the most important books I've ever read. Such wisdom and knowledge. Now, you can get The Urgent Need of the Hour on Amazon, or you can get it on my website at charlesarotis.com. Well, I hope you take a look at it. God bless. Thank the Lord for his wonderful grace, his great grace. Thank God for it, that divine favor that he's placed on us, the blood-bought people of God. Thank God for his deliverance that he has brought to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no telling the testimonies that are in this house tonight uh, of the different types of deliverances and healings that has taken place in your life. And those testimonies are so vital, so important that you give those testimonies whenever you can to people that you meet because God has delivered you and he has chosen you. You don't have to be anybody else but yourself. You don't, you know, you can't be like, the one sitting next to you, you can't be like a preacher. You, you just got to be you and live for God. Amen. You have your own personality, and God's going to use you in that personality. That's right. And God will mold us where we need to be. He'll mold us and fashion us and shape us into his image as we seek him. Amen. We're like, we're like clay on the potter's wheel. Praise the Lord. We're, we're going to take a look at a verse here. And uh, just open up the scripture, and then we'll let you sit down. Thank the Lord. If you would, lift your hand and pray for me right now. We're going to deliver the word. Father, I need you tonight. You, so, you know that I need you, and I know that I need you. I cannot preach. I cannot teach. I can't do anything, Lord, without you. I need you in every word that I speak. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need your anointing. Break every yoke, the chains, inspire and stir hearts tonight. Do miracles in this place. Rebuke every evil spirit and sickness and disease away from your church, away from your bride. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray amen. Everybody say amen. Well, let's remember pastor and the family as they're out on vacation. And everybody needs vacation, amen. We're going to read Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 5. If you have that, say amen. I guess if you're looking at it on the screen, that counts too, don't it? All right. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. You may be seated. 
you, Lord. Right where you're sitting, let's just lift our hands. Let's just entertain the Lord again for just a minute. We can lift our voices just a little bit. Just thank God for his word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your holy word. Thank you for these 66 books that we have. Thank you for the written word. Thank you for the oral word. Thank you for this word you've given us to speak and to preach. Lord God, we pray that uh, there'll be an inspiration tonight, a stirring in our hearts. Oh, Lord, we need this word. We need this word tonight. We need this book of God. Hallelujah. We need it, Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus, in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you're sitting by somebody, take their hand. And let's pray one more time. Amen. Let's pray for that one you're touching right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, open their hearts and their minds. Oh, Lord, let the word just deposit into their spirit. Let the word of God just deposit. Let it be imputed. Let it be poured out into each one here Tonight, Jesus, we need you. We need you in this house. We need you in this place. For every battle of the warriors with confused noise. You know, the Bible says that the devil, he is the author of confusion. And I want to preach this thought, warriors of prayer. Warriors of prayer. And so the devil wants to bring, bring confusion to our life. He wants to bring a lot of noise into our life. Amen. Why? Because that's going to be a battle that you're going to fight. You're going to fight a battle of confusion. Because the devil, everything he does, everywhere he goes, every evil spirit, every demon power, they're always transmitting confusion. They're always transmitting something, amen, to confuse God's people and confuse anybody, but especially God's people. Why? Because we're on a journey tonight and they know it. Amen. We're headed for heaven, and they know it, and they want to stop us. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to live in a confused state of mind. Oh, Lord. I want a, a mind of clarity. I want a mind uh, that can focus uh, on the Lord. And we're going to get it uh, through this mighty weapon of prayer. Oh, through this weapon of prayer. If there's any weapon out there that you've got to have in your arsenal, it's the weapon of prayer. Hallelujah. If all we do is pray when we come to church, I'm telling you what we're lacking in our weaponry. We are lacking in our arsenal. But I've got to have a prayer life every day. I've got to seek the Lord while he may be found. I've got to touch God. Come on, we need to touch God every day. <clears throat> come on, this is a mighty weapon that you've got. It's a mighty weapon that you've got, a mighty powerful weapon that you have tonight, and you are warriors of prayer. I didn't say warriors. A lot of people are worrying about everything. Why? Because they haven't given it to God. We're all tempted with worry. We all, we, we all worry from time to time, but we can't live in a state of worry. <clears throat> but we've got to live in a state of faith knowing that God, that I've given it to him, that I've put it in his hands, that, I, that I've given God this situation in prayer. Last, uh, last, this past Sunday, pastor was up here praying, and I was going through some bodily ailment, feeling very weak. I had been for some days, and just, I, I was just walking right up there and down there, and I was just saying, God, I'm believing you right now. Just being specific with the Lord to give me strength. My wife said she was praying for me. I figured she was. She's always praying for me. Pastor was praying. He didn't know anything about my situation. But I felt a strength in my body that I had not felt in a while. That right there, when he was praying, I got in the car to go home. And just driving down the road there, I felt more strength. I woke up the next day feeling more strength than I had felt in weeks. Why? Because the 
glory of the Lord, amen, overshadowed this place. And no doubt there were other miracles that we haven't heard about. Now listen, I'm looking for a miracle. Amen. If I'm praying for something, I'm looking to see if I can find that answer. Amen. I don't want to say, well, I prayed. No. Where's the answer? I'm looking for it. Did it happen? I'm looking for it to happen. You've got to look. Why? Because you're in a warfare. You're in a battle, and the devil wants to take you down. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill and steal and destroy everything you have. He'll take your family. He'll take your kids. He'll take your money. He'll take anything he can get from you. But I'll tell you what, there is a fight that we can fight, and we do it in prayer. We do it. We need some prayer warriors in the church, and we've got some prayer warriors. Thank God. For the prayer warriors, they, they pray all the time. They pray at home all the time. They're praying and interceding at home every day. Thank God for those people. But you know what? We've got to have more. Pastor Wellman, we've got to have more. A church depends upon the intercessors, those that know how to fight the good fight of how to war in the spirit, those that know how to fight the good fight of faith in a prayer room. You got to talk to that devil sometime. We're always asking God. We give God a thousand prayers. But sometimes God's waiting for us to just to take this thing by force and look that devil in the eye. I could see my late mother now pointing her finger like that she used to do in the air and say, Devil, you're going to have to get out of here in the name of Jesus. Amen. And that's how it's got to be. You got to tell that devil where to go, you got to tell him to stop. Come on, you got to fight. You're a warrior, but your war is going to be through prayer. That's your main weapon, through prayer. You're powerful in prayer. Take the weakest Christian there is. When that Christian, as the old saying is, gets on their knees, oh, that's when that Christian stands the tallest. That's when that Christian is the most powerful that they can be is when they're seeking the face of Almighty God and they're pouring out their soul. They're pouring out their spirit. That devil wants to bring that confusion and he wants to bring that noise. Oh, there's so much noise in our lives. Noise. What do I mean by that? Everything. Everything around you is about noise. Trying to fill in where God should be in our life. You know, the TV is blaring the noise is outside. The phone is uh, ringing or it's being texted. And the children, uh, everything is happening. It's noise. It's distractions. And some things we just can't help. But there's got to be a time where we get alone with God. If it's the middle of the night or if it's early in morning that says, listen, I'm tired. I'm sick and tired. I've got to touch God. I've got to touch God. I've got to get away from the noise. I've got to get away from the confusion. I've got to get to where God is because the battle, amen, when you're in the midst of the battle, the devil will bring all this confused noise to you. Oh, that's what he's going to do. He's going to take you down if he can. But I tell you what, if you can stay in prayer, I want to say on your knees, but you don't have to pray on your knees. You know what I mean? You can walk and pray. You can sit and pray. But when you're pouring out your soul, you've got to pour out your soul. Amen. You've got to empty out. I've noticed that if I will empty out of myself, if I will empty out of my problems, if I will empty out of my fears and, and things that are bothering me, if I will just pour that out unto the Lord and I will cry that out and I will weep that out and I would just shout that out until, oh, sometimes I get loud in prayer. Many times I'm just quiet in prayer. You never know. But you know what? You just got to pour it out. You got to pour that stuff out. You can't, you can't just keep all that stuff in your spirit, all that noise and all that confusion because the battle is now within. You've got to pour it out unto the Lord. And the more you pour out, of yourself, and the more you pour out of this world that's trying to latch hold of you, the more you pour out, guess what? The more space there is for God to pour in. I want God to pour in. I want to make room for God. I want to make room for Jesus. 
You say, well, I got Jesus. Let me tell you something. I can read you several times in the book of Acts where it said that Peter was full of the Holy Ghost or, or Paul was full of the Holy Ghost. It, it just sounds like to me, if, they're, if they were full of the Holy Ghost, it sounds like to me by the wordage there that it may be possible to have the Holy Ghost and not be so full of it. That's just the way it sounds to me. I'm not sure if I'm 100% right, but I think I am. That's just the way I see it. So I want to be full of God, but I can't be full of me and full of God. I can't be full of the world and full of God. I can't be full of all of my concerns and full of God. I can't be, I can't be filled with all this noise, this noise. I've got to get away from the noise. And that, I don't mean necessarily literally. You know, that I wanted to just go out and live in a desert where there's no noise or, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. But there's so much commotion in the air, in the ether. There's so much noise just in the airwaves. There's, everything is pulling for us. Everything is vying for our attention. Listen to me. Talk to me. I want your attention. Everything is vying for your attention. That's the noise of this world. I'm not saying it's all wrong but you're not going to win the battle if you just stay in the noise all the time. You've got to separate yourself as a warrior will, and you've got to get to the training ground, and the training ground for your, uh, for your being a good warrior is the prayer room. Your, the prayer room may be uh, somewhere in your home. It may be your garage. Wherever it's at, you've got to have a place, amen, to sharpen your sword. You've got to have a place to seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's near and draw nigh to God. I, I, I've got to, I, I want to have more than just a time of me talking to God. Come on, prayer should be a communication. I want to be able to slow down and listen for God to speak because he will speak and he does speak. But if you're always in a hurry and if your prayer is always in a rush and if your prayer is, well, I, you know, in a few minutes I got to get going. In a few minutes I got to do this and I got to do that. I've caught myself literally in a prayer room and just uh, literally just walk to the door ready to leave while I'm praying and had to turn around and walk back and say, I'm not done praying. Because the, the noise was still in my spirit and it was pulling me out. It was to trying to draw me out. But I had to get back and get my mind on the Lord and get, see, I can, you can pray and you can give God your thousand requests. You can even talk in tongues and have stuff on your mind. Because you are human and this world has access to your mind. The devil has a certain access to submit things to your mind. He can't read your mind. He, can't, he doesn't know what's in your heart, but he has an ability to submit things to you, and he knows if you receive them by the way you respond. Praise God. Who's going to help me tonight? Hallelujah. So the way you respond, he knows if you're receiving that transmission. I want my antennas up to hear from the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. I don't want those worldly carnal antennas up so that I can hear everything the devil's trying to say. It's easy to hear the devil because all oh, he tries, he tries to be so loud in our lives. No, no, no. It's consecration is a whole lot more than coming to church. <clears throat> See, I, I've, I've got to consecrate, and you've got to consecrate at home. Amen. Because you're in a battle. Do you want to win the battle? Do you want to win the war? And garments rolled in blood. Warfare is always bloody. 1 Samuel 28 and 1. It came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. The Old Testament wars and the Old Testament battles, those were symbolic of the spiritual battles that we're fighting today. They were killing people literally, 
but that is symbolic of what you and I are going through in the spiritual realm. And it says here that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare. And there are spirits, there's armies of spirits that are gathering themselves together to destroy churches, to destroy families, marriages, schools, whatever they can destroy. They want to get in and destroy the children before they can even know how to make their own decisions. And you know what I'm talking about. All the garbage that's out there today and all that wokeism that's not of God. Philistines were the enemies of God. And their armies came to make war with Israel. And that's what's happening with you. Those devils are fighting against you. you know, it's easy to live for God in the church. It's easy to have a, a mind of peace in here and preaching and worshiping with all the brothers and sisters. But when you go home on tomorrow, on Friday, then Sunday, then Monday comes, and then your battle is a little different now because you're alone and family may have gone to work and whatever the situation and You've got an enemy that wants to destroy your soul, and he's going to come in with that confusion and all that noise. It's not always about some evil, terrible sin. Sometimes it's just the little things that we allow in to just take us away from our consecration. There's got to be a consecration that is so important for the warrior to have because that consecration is like a shield. It's like a, 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 a body of armor from head to toe that protects him. It's like a fence that keeps out the wolves and the wild animals. That's right. Your consecration is a, is a means of protecting you. And that's what I want to have. Don't you want to have that church? Amen. I want to have that protection and that consecration. Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He didn't say we're not wrestling. He just said we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. <clears throat> we're in a battle. We're in a war. You're in a grappling match tonight. Who's going to win the battle? Who's going to win on Friday? Who's going to win tomorrow morning when you get that phone call or that text or uh, you see that whatever that upsets you or makes you angry? What are you going to do with that? Amen. How are you going to win this battle? I've got to take it to prayer. I've got to take it to prayer. There, there's my stronghold. There's my place of protection. See, everybody's trying to fit prayer. In their schedule. We all want to fit prayer. I say we all. I'm not sure that everyone does, but us that are serious, we want we want prayer to be in our schedule, but we, we really need to make prayer our schedule itself. The prayer itself needs to be the schedule. Our life needs to work around our prayer life. Going to work and school and, uh, and hobbies and friends and shopping and all these things need to rotate around our prayer life. Our prayer life needs to be the first thing. You've got to protect your prayer life. You, you've got to protect it. You've got to protect that time with God because if you don't have a time, you've got to make a time. And then you've got to protect that time. Say, this is my time to pray. This is my time to seek God. I've got to do it. This is my protection. This is where I fight. This is where I war. This is where I get my victory. We'll say, Brother Rodas, I thought we got our victory at church. <clears throat> That's one place to get victory is the church. Thank God it is, but we got to have a daily victory. Amen. And if our daily victory is we need a, an extra shot in the arm, we're here Thursdays and we're here Sundays, we're going to get that extra shot in the arm. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to wait on Thursday. I'm not going to wait on Sunday, but I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to 
I've got to keep my mind on him. See, how are you going to keep your mind on all this noise and keep your mind on the Lord? This noise is not going to give you peace. You're going to have to keep your mind on him to have peace. If you want peace in your mind. Well, I just don't have peace. I just don't have peace. Well, Isaiah 26 and 3 was one of the first scriptures I ever memorized when I was about 17 or 18 years old. It says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. That's right. Come on, you want perfect peace? You got to keep your mind on him. And there's lots of ways of doing that. But I tell you what, you've got to get that place in prayer, and sometimes you've got to dig in, and you're going to have to seek God. Why? Because we're wrestling against spirits. We're wrestling against principalities, and that means the territories of a prince. There are evil princes, There are, and they govern, and they, they rule certain territories. No doubt there's a prince of Harvey. There's a prince over your town that you live in. There's possibly a, a prince over the state of Illinois, and another prince over the county, they, they, they work as similar to we do in this world. We've got mayors and we've got governors and we've got presidents that lead and make laws. And these evil spirits are similar to that in that they want to rule nations. And so that's what the principalities are, territories of a prince, an evil prince, a demonic spirit. He said, we're wrestling against powers, powers of ungodliness, the powers of evil. We're wrestling against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Darkness, false religions, uh, false religions that don't believe in Jesus, even as the Son of God, let alone believing that he's God in flesh as we do. But these, these false religions are part of the darkness to keep people in a state of deception and confusion. But I tell you what will break the yoke. I tell you what will destroy the yoke. I tell you what will get the victory for you and your family and for any church what will get the victory is a praying people that will not give up. A praying people that will not give in. But they say, well, I'm going to restart tomorrow. I may have to go to bed tonight, but tomorrow's a new day, and I'm going to go back to war. I'm going to go back to fighting in the spirit. David said, he hath taught my hands to war and my fingers to fight. And Jesus said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God has come nigh unto thee. If Jesus can cast the devil out with one little pinky, just flick him away, there's no telling the power that he's given you when you receive the Holy Ghost. Because he said, these works shall you do, and greater works shall you do, because I go unto the Father. There's something inside of you like dynamite. And our problem is many times we just don't know how to use it. We don't know how to use the power. Those guys that uh, go to war in the United States Army and the Marines and all of these things and these big battleships, you know before they go to war, they got to use how, they got to learn how to use those guns. They have to learn how to use that firepower and those big cannons and howitzers and tanks and those big battleships and those fighter jet jets and all these things. They have to learn how to use their weaponry. And tonight we've got some weapons and we've got to learn how to use them. I'm telling you this weapon of prayer, any of us can do it. Any of us can pray. Any of us can pull down these strongholds. Any of us can get the victory if we really want it. <clears throat> and the devil don't like this message tonight. Oh, I can feel it. I, I can feel it. I can feel the. I can feel the resistance. Not you. Not you. But I can feel the resistance. The devil don't like this. Why? Because he does not. I say, well, brother Rodas, we're praying. Yeah, we're praying. But we can pray more. And those that aren't praying can pray. Huh? Those that don't pray can pray. Amen. Because just add another five or ten people. 
to daily times of prayer. And nobody's here to try to make you. Nothing like that. But I tell you, when you make up your mind, listen, tomorrow's a new day for me. Tomorrow morning when I get up, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get up another 30 minutes early or another hour or whatever you're going to do. And you're, you're, going, to, you're going to get that Bible out and you're going to pray. And you're going to get in your room or a secluded pray place. You're going to get in your closet like Jesus said. And you're going to seek him. You're going to cry unto him. You're going to pour out your complaint unto him. You're going to tell the Lord what your needs are. Lord, I've got sick people in my family. Lord, the devils are bothering my children and my grandchildren. you got to tell. God about it. Lord, protect my babies when they go to school. You got to tell God how you feel and pour out your soul unto him. This mighty weapon of prayer. The devil don't like it when we pray. He wants to stop me. He wants to stop you. And he's going to put all that noise and all that confusion in the way. And if we'll, if we'll give in to it, you know, he's Answer the text while you're praying. Oh, hey, praise the Lord. I'm praying right now. How you doing? Oh, yeah, pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, you bought some green beans? Good, yeah. Where you at? Whole Foods, well, give me some. Oh, I'll talk to you later. I forgot I was praying. That's what people do. Answer their phone. Listen, if it's an emergency, they'll call you back. they call you back. Praise the Lord. Because you're in a warfare. That's the confusion. That's the noise. There's a momentum in prayer, just like a momentum in a church service. That's right. There's a, just you and God, there's a momentum in your prayer time. Amen. You may not be a, feel like you're just really getting through the first few times you try it, but I'm telling you what, if you'll just keep on, after some days or weeks, you're going to start feeling it. I remember when I was young and my pastor said, all right, I want everybody in the church. And I hadn't had the Holy Ghost long and wasn't really praying. You know, I didn't know how to pray. But he said, I want everybody to pray. How long did he say? I'm trying to think what he said. I think he said five minutes, whatever it was. I think it was five minutes. Everybody needs to pray at least five minutes. Get up in the morning and pray at least five minutes. You know, and I got down by the side of my bed, and man, I prayed for this one and that one and that one, and I still had three minutes left. I prayed a few more people and tried to pray about this and that. I still had two more minutes left. How am I going to pray five minutes every day? I can't think of it, anything. But see, there's a prayer in the Spirit. There's a praying in the Holy Ghost that you can do. It's not always about what you're saying in your known tongue, but what you're saying in an unknown tongue. What you're saying in the Holy Ghost. There's power in praying in the Holy Ghost. And you can just walk and pray and talk in tongues and and get your mind on the Lord or kneel or lay or however you're going to pray And you could just speak in tongues and speak in tongues and learn to utilize that in a time of prayer. And there is what we call a warfare tongue. Warfare tongues. Yeah. Has anybody ever heard themselves speaking in tongues? This might sound weird if you've never heard anything like this, but... Have you ever heard yourself speaking in tongues and it, 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 it was like forceful? It was like almost like you were angry. It almost like, like an angry sound. That was your warfare tongues because you were rebuking something in the spirit. You were telling the devil to go to you know where. <laughs> You're saying, devil, you, you don't know what you were saying, but that's okay. God knows what you were saying. And God was using you at that moment to pray in the Holy Ghost about some things you didn't even know. Now, you may have known if he revealed them to you. It may have been about your grandkids or your kids. So doesn't it merit the fact that we should do it? Because praying in the Holy Ghost is more powerful than praying in your known tongue. Why? Because the Bible says that when we pray in the Spirit, that the Spirit prays through us. And he knows what to pray when we don't. 
I don't know how to pray about it. I've got problems that I know about in fam- with family members. I don't know what to say to God about it. I don't know all the details, but God knows. <clears throat> so if I'll begin praying in the Spirit, and you'll begin praying in the Spirit, and talking in tongues, and let the tears flow sometimes, and just weep, and don't worry about anybody or anything or the time if you got a clock, turn your clock face down. Just, it, it doesn't matter. You know, God dwells in eternity. And you and I should pray in a spirit of eternity. Now, I, I try to make myself disciplined to pray a minimum. But many times that's just, a, you know, a very maintenance-type praying. But there's got to be times, and we do it here all the time. Pastor's got us doing it right here. You say, it's not from 7 to 7.30. It's not from 10 to 10.30. How many times have we went an hour or more in prayer? Because pastor knows this. We've not talked about it, but it's evident that he knows more about it than I do. He does it. He's got this church doing it. That is so powerful because of the ministry of this church. A church has to have a strong prayer base for church planting. Because you've got every kind of devil out there that's going to work against the Wellman family. Huh? And every other church planner. And try to stop that and discourage that and put a bunch of noise and confusion in their way. And what is our praying doing? Our praying is we're fighting against that. We're warring against that. You're praying in tongues. It sounds crazy. You sound like you're angry. No, those are the warfare tongues. You're praying in the spirit against something. You're praying against some devil that's trying to do something against somebody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. That's powerful stuff. When you're doing that against the rulers of the darkness of this world, uh huh against spiritual wickedness in high places or wicked spirits or the, the spirits, those evil spirits, they are so w- wicked. I'm thankful we're covered by the blood. There's nothing to be afraid of. But, you know, they are so wicked and so evil. People that are not serving God, they're susceptible to everything in this world. They have to have a strong moral system in their family to resist what's going on in this nation right now. But with that, we've got to have a strong prayer base. And let your home be a strong prayer base. I want my home to be a strong prayer base. I'm pretty sure I told this story, but I'm going to tell it again because it's good for this message. And um, it gives glory to God. You know, when you think about it, we sing our songs over and over, so why can't we testify over and over? (laughs) Our songs are good. Our testimonies are good. But let me tell you again what God did, if I told it. I think I did. But back a long time ago, back in the 1990s, I was uh, working on starting a church, planting a church in Calumet City. And so it was just in the very beginning stages, but my mother agreed with me to meet with me once a week, Wednesday or Thursday night, whatever it was, with nobody. We just met and prayed. And we began to pray for the city and other things as well. But one of our main focus was Calumet City, Illinois. And we began to pray against this alcoholic demon with a city at that time with about 31,000 people. And at one time had over 300 taverns. It was known nationally as a mini Las Vegas. There was so much gambling and crime and prostitution in this city. Even at that time when we were starting that church plant, there were taverns everywhere, literally. I mean, think about a tavern on your street. I mean, where I live in Hammond, there's no taverns on my streets. You'd have to drive a few blocks to see a tavern, but not in Calumet City. They were in certain areas. They were on every corner Literally. So it was some months we were praying against this and binding the spirit of alcoholism and commanding it to leave the city, commanding it to go, just her and I. And uh, 
Lo and behold, one day the, the Times newspaper came out with a major heading that said in the, in the newspaper, the mayor's name was uh, at the time was Jerry Genova. And it said, Mayor Jerry Genova has begun to buy up all the land, land that's owned by tavern owners and the, and, the, and the strip clubs and all these places. And he began to buy it up with the city money. And it said there in that article that he was going to bulldoze them down. And in months to come, in the next year or two, he did just that. You can go to Cayman City right now and drive down State Street, and all you're going to see is a few houses and a restaurant, but the taverns and the clubs are gone. You can go down State Line that divides Illinois and Indiana, where all the strips joints were and all the other taverns, and some of you in your sinful days might have had visited that place. You know what I'm talking about, all right? <clears throat> but you drive down there today, and you're going to see a bunch of green grass, Amen. God did a big thing because of a couple people that nobody knew because God don't have, God knows you. The world don't need to know you. You don't need to be popular because God hears your big prayers and God wants to answer your big prayers. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm talking about decades later. Amen. A lot of green grass over there. Those those bars are gone. They were all bought up. Why? Because God answers prayer. And I understood, and my mother understood that prayer is a weapon. I said prayer is a weapon. And you can use this weapon to fight the good fight of faith. You know, your warfare praying that we're talking about triggers a unseen war. It triggers a war in the atmosphere, uh, an invisible war. It triggers the angelic realm to visit your prayers. And we read about it in Daniel. And no doubt you know the story in Daniel 10. I'm not going to go through the whole thing with you. But just some highlights of Daniel 10, verse 2. In those days, Daniel, uh, I, Daniel was mourning three full weeks. He said, I ate no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth, neither did I anoint myself at all till three, three whole weeks were fulfilled. Daniel was disciplining himself, and you could read that book very carefully, and I have proven it to myself very clearly this wasn't the only time Daniel did this, but Daniel was doing this. It wasn't a total fast, and I've read it in different uh, versions of the Bible and looked up the Hebrew, and it all is basically the same. He said, I eat no pleasant bread. There was a discipline that he would do because all the overeating that we do really is a detriment to our spirituality. It is. It really is. Because there is a spirit to it. It is, it is in some cases, a lust. It's, it's, a, it's a spirit of uncontrol, that we cannot control our eating habits. And we, we gorge and we gorge and we gorge. I'm not saying it's wrong to overeat. I mean, just have a good meal and get stuff. I, I do it all the time. But there is a point that you've got to take control of yourself and you've got to say, okay, I've got to discipline my eating. And I'm not going to go into all that right now. I, I could. I could spend a lot of time and prove this without a doubt. Verse 12, then he said unto me, fear not. Who did? Now, we went from verse 3 to verse 12. Somebody said to Daniel, fear not. During this time, I'm not going to read all that. <clears throat> but this was a messenger from heaven. It was an angel that came to Daniel, and there was already a warfare going on. But what I want to say about the warfare is, church, Daniel didn't know about the warfare. Daniel did not know about the war in the heavenlies. There was something triggered because of his discipline of eating, what we would call a Daniel's fast, and his praying. It triggered something. God had to respond. God sent some angels, and the angels could not get there. 
because of demon spirits, the princes of that area were hindering the angels from coming with the message and the answer to his prayer. But what did Daniel do? He didn't know anything about it, but he didn't have the answer, so he just kept praying. He kept the discipline going. He kept pushing back his plate and kept praying. When I studied, I don't see that he decided in the beginning to fast 21 days. I think it just happened. When you read it, to me it's very clear. At the end of 21 days, this is what happened. Then he said unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day, somebody say first day, and some of you are praying, and there's an unseen battle, and if you give up, the victory is not going to come your way. From the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand, because Daniel was seeking some answers about a prophecy, and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard. He said, the first day thy words were heard. In other words, it was 21 days, there was no answer, but he said, I want you to know the first day your words were heard, and I am come for thy words. God has come for your prayer. God hears your prayer. And your praying is triggering a battle in the heavenlies. I want somebody to understand this tonight because if you really get it, you'll keep praying because you know the answer is very close and at hand. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. This is the, this is the angel talking about this demon, this Persian demonic prince that we were talking about over territories. He said he withstood me one in 20 days. But lo, Michael, another angel, one of the chief princes, came to help me. So we've got multiple angels fighting a battle against this demon of Persia, this prince of Persia, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. So what's the point? The point is to keep praying. Don't give up. Somebody's going to have to give up. Somebody's going to have to quit. And somebody's going to get the victory. I don't know about you, but I want the victory. Huh? And it's going to come through prayer because you know how to fight in prayer. 1 Corinthians 15, 32. I'm almost done. Just a couple more verses. Maybe more than a couple. If after the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage it me if the dead rise not? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. He said, I have fought with beasts. The Apostle Paul, Ephesus was a very wicked place, very evil, much sin, debauchery, controlled by the devil. And he said, I, in other words, I was there praying. I was seeking God, and I fought with demonic powers. I fought with beasts is what he called them. And sometimes that's what you're fighting, and you don't even know it. You don't even know it. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3 for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, somebody say warfare. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The enemy has strongholds. And what that is, that those are encampments. Those are places where they have hidden. Uh, places where they have uh, a just what it says, a stronghold. And there are people tonight that have strongholds in their lives. The devil has a stronghold in their mind. The devil has a stronghold in their children. The devil has a stronghold maybe in their health. Whatever it might be, there's a stronghold, and we have got to loose the grip of those spirits, and we've got to break people free. And that's done with warfare, praying, intercessory prayer. You can do it. 
At 17 years old, I received the Holy Ghost. It wasn't long thereafter, some months later, I was praying in the Holy Ghost and didn't even know what I was doing. Didn't even know what you called it, but I was doing it, and I learned from there. Don't wait on somebody else to be an intercessor. Don't wait on your spouse to be some great intercessor. You be the intercessor. You be the prayer warrior. I'm not waiting on anybody. I'm going to do what I know how to do. I'm going to fight this good fight of faith. A friend of mine, Carl, used to live in, may still live in Wisconsin. Hadn't talked to him in a while, but years ago, his daughter was about 15, 16 years old, and she... uh, she got a spirit on her, and he's a preacher and raised his kids in church, but somehow he got, that girl got a spirit on her, that anorexic spirit, where she was just starving herself to death, and she was almost at the point of death. She was in the hospital feeding her with IVs to keep her alive, and the doctor said, we've got to somehow convince her to eat. She was dying, literally, starving herself to death, this spirit lying to her. You know, you, you've heard the stories. But he got desperate, and he began to fast, and he began to pray. He knew how to do this. And he said one night he was sleeping on the couch, and he was on a fast for about seven days. And he said he was praying and fasting for his daughter's deliverance. And he said, as he lay there on the couch, something picked him up physically off the couch and threw him onto the floor. Why? Because he had come up against this stronghold, this spirit that wanted to kill his daughter, and he wasn't afraid to meet it head on. He was not afraid to meet it head on. And he began to pray and fast, and that didn't stop him. Oh, she got victory, and she got her deliverance. I said, she got her deliverance. The devil's a liar anyhow. (laughs) Woo, hallelujah. Vesta Mangan said, God never stumbles over an intercessor. Isaiah 59, 16 says, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness It sustained him. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Is God saying that about your neighborhood? Is God saying that about your family? There's no intercessor in this family. There's Holy Ghost-filled people. But is there an intercessor inside of you? Are you an intercessor? Would you be willing to be that prayer warrior? Would you be willing to pull down strongholds and face the opposition and see people healed just like this young lady was healed and delivered of this spirit? Come on now. This is powerful stuff here, but it happens through prayer. It happens because individuals give themselves. You're never going to be in the limelight. You're never going to get a pat on the back probably, but I'll tell you what God, all the I've always said it's the way I feel the most important ministry in a church is that of a prayer warrior because a prayer warrior warrior cares about souls. A prayer warrior wants to win souls. A prayer warrior does win souls. A prayer warrior can do anything for God that God calls him or her to do. Well, it's easy to talk about it. It's another thing to do it. It's another thing to start a prayer time, but it's another thing to keep that prayer time. That's right. It's another thing to keep that prayer time. If you can keep that, I'm telling you, well, you're going to grow in that, and you're going to get so strong, and all the opposition that's against you right now and all those devils that fight against you now, you're just going to laugh at a little bit later on. You're going to laugh and say, my, 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 I was so tormented. You're going to just laugh, and you're going to say, I got the victory now, and that devil can't come close to you because you've prayed through that, and you got the victory. Oh, my, and you maintain that victory on a daily basis because you build up a reserve of prayer. I like what Verbal Bean said. He said, listen, you're going to pray, and you're going to build up a reserve of anointing. 
If you'll pray every day and seek God, you're going to build up a reserve of anointing. He said there might be times, days that you literally can't pray, you know, in your formal way that you pray at home. Maybe because you're at the hospital all day with somebody or, or another emergency. You're praying, but it's not like your normal praying. But he says you build up a reserve. and You build up something uh, in prayer that that anointing is there with you, and it abides with you, and it is there and it's usable to call upon when needed. Oh, thank you, Lord. Somebody just wave your hands to the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm about ready to close here. I want to tell you one quick story about a man, a missionary, who went to South America some years ago, and um, he had a few people coming to his little church, and he was so distressed and so distraught that they could not get a breakthrough. And he said to his wife, he says, I'm going to stay in this church. And he says, I'm not leaving the building. I don't care. I'm just not leaving and, until there is some kind of a breakthrough and revival happens. I'm, I've, I've had enough. I've done enough. But I've got to have this. And he was there praying. It went some days. I forget, a week, whatever, went by. And all of a sudden, there, there, somebody started pestering him to come and pray for somebody. And he got so irritated, says, I don't want to leave. I'm not staying. You know, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't, I, I'm going to stay until I get this breakthrough. But they kept pestering this, this missionary to, to go pray for this young guy, this teenager that was possessed. Finally, he gave in to go pray. And he went to pray for that young man. There was a crowd of people there. He was quite tormented, this young man was. And they were speaking Spanish, and he did not know Spanish. And he knew a little bit, and he's trying to speak and rebuke the spirits in Spanish. And God spoke to him and said, listen, the devil knows English. Just do it. And he began to rebuke the spirits and began to pray. And that boy was delivered that day in just a short time. And because of that deliverance, a revival broke out in that community. Just that one thing. He didn't even know what God was doing. He didn't want to leave and go pray for the boy. But God was setting him up, just one prayer, just one boy to get deliverance that the whole community would hear about and bring forth a mighty revival. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor Wellman, you just don't know what's going to happen over there. Ooh, man, you just don't know what's going to happen. Oh, it could be one Hindu. It could be one Muslim. It could be just one person that's an atheist. Oh, hallelujah. Let's all stand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the victory. Thank you, Lord, for the victory. Thank you, Lord, for your hand of deliverance tonight. Thank you, Lord, for a spirit of prayer. I pray, Lord, let it just come upon the people right now. I pray, Lord, let a spirit of prayer come upon us right now for a few minutes. We got some time yet. I didn't talk too long. Amen. We got a few minutes if we can pray. If you feel like praying, amen. If you want this and you want to go deeper in this and you want to take a hold of this armor and these weapons of prayer, amen. You want to see your family saved and you're tired of sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're ready to go forward and move on and see victory and a deliverance and healings and miracles. God wants to use you. I'm telling you, right now, God wants to use everybody under the sound of my voice. You are not excluded. I don't care who you are, your age, anything about you. God wants to use you. Yes, he does, and he's going to use you because you're a praying individual. That's right, because of prayer, God moves, God moves anything. He can move anything. It don't matter what it is. When somebody prays, hallelujah, oh, hallelujah, my God, I believe you today, <coughs> I believe you today, Lord, there's nothing you can't do, there's nothing you can't do, Jesus, oh, God, Oh, my Lord, nothing, nothing, Lord, that can stop the prayer warrior. Nothing could stop that man. Nothing could stop that woman. Nothing can stop them when they pray. There's so much power in prayer. Why is there so much power? Because prayer moves the hand that moves the universe. That's right, prayer moves the hand that moves the universe. 
And we have a God that hears prayer even when you don't feel him, and when you don't see him, when you don't hear him, when you don't know where he's at. He's hearing your prayer. He's hearing that cry. He's seeing those tears. He's hearing you pray and travail in tongues. He's hearing those prayers. Amen. Those warfare tongues, those warfare prayers. He hears that that addiction, that whatever in your life or that family member can be broken tonight, tonight. It don't have to be somebody else that prays for you. It can be you. It can be you. You've got to make up your mind. I've made up my mind so many times to pray for people. Nobody knew about it, but I heard in days coming how delivered they became and I didn't touch them. But in the privacy of my own home, I took it upon myself and you can do the same thing because God hears Thank you for listening to the Everything Apostolic Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and leave a rating and review for it as it provides tremendous feedback to this ministry. Don't forget, more resources are available at www.charlesarodis.com. There you will find Pastor Rodis' books and also the newsletter and a free gift when you subscribe to the newsletter. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.